Hi, my name is Trudy Rosquay and I am the founder of Vitality 40+. I am not only a master personal trainer specialising in women's and children's physical health, but also a menopause ambassador who is passionate about spreading the word and breaking all those mystical taboos over the M word. I have created a series of podcasts with a variety of guests, not only on women's health issues, but subjects that relate to men's health and well-being also, unlocking all the answers to questions that you may have wanted to ask, but unsure as to where to get the information. La 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 la. It's fine. Hi, and welcome to another podcast on Vitality 40 Plus. Today's guest is uh, Daniel White, who is actually from one of the neighboring islands. We won't hold that against him. So, Guernsey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think that's a good place to start. Um, and Daniel is a holistic health expert. Now, paths have crossed several times, but primarily uh, where it has crossed is he's the founder of Sleep Better, Live Better, which, according to most of my ladies, is the one thing that we don't get enough of. So welcome, Dan. Hello, Trudy. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. <laughs> and it's wonderful that I know you're interrupting your holiday in Herm, which is, of course, a beautiful Channel Island and absolutely peaceful, tranquil, um, and in a tent whilst we do this podcast. I love it. Love it. <laughs> I, I love it as well. You know, my sleep has never been better since I've been here. Oh, yeah. I wonder why that is. Let's go on about that then. So, Dan, let's start off. Tell You can tell our listeners what your whole, what, what is holistic health expert and how did you find Sleep Better Live Better? Yeah, sure. So thank you, Trudy. Now I'm 28 years old. I always have to somehow remind myself of that. And from the age of about um, 13 or 14, I was not in very good health. So from around 13 until 17, I was very, very addicted to computers, technology, gaming, as many youths are these days. And so I spent an awful lot of time not sleeping, not exercising, not eating well, and all of the other facets that make up, you know, this holistic health and well-being industry. Um, it wasn't until I was about 17 that I realized, oh dear, I need to make some changes here. And that's kind of led me on a bit of um and you could say 11 to 12 year um exploration of all aspects of um health and well-being. So I went to study degrees in psychology. Um, then went on to study a master's in nutritional neuroscience. So looking at the impact that food had on behavior, mood, such like that. Um, I left my master's as a qualified uh, nutritionist before going into an area of medicine known as functional medicine. Now, functional medicine is really about getting to the root cause of illness or, you know, of symptoms and things that we experience. So in the case of, you know, your listeners and um, getting to the, the root cause of, you know, these hormonal imbalances that occur during the menopause and the many symptoms and such like that. I mean, you know, weight gain, you know, issues with mood, energy regulation, all these sorts of things that arise from some of these core imbalances. So I developed um, a really keen interest in looking at health holistically in terms of, you know, not just nutrition, not just movement, stress, relaxation, recovery, relationships, um, our environment, our light exposure, all of these different elements that constitute um, good health for human beings. And then about Four years ago now, um, I actually suffered a period of burnout after some relational and kind of career-related stress. 
And that turned me on to the topic of sleep because once again, my sleep began to deteriorate. Um, at that point, I stumbled across the work of some pretty phenomenal um, kind of sort of outside of the box thinkers in the, the world of uh, health and well-being, people who are talking about concepts such as circadian rhythms, which is our body's 24-hour biological clocks, light exposure, so artificial light, natural light exposure, and also um, electromagnetic frequencies. So how technology and how the Earth's natural kind of environment is impacting our sleep, our health and our wellness. So I began to really mold all of that onto you know my prior uh, concept of nutrition and movement and relaxation and all these other aspects that i focused on with my clients to develop um, a really quite complete system in how i work around health i also at the time um realized that i wanted to pay back to um you know particularly adolescents and teens who were experiencing many of the the health related challenges that i was at their age and so I founded Sleep Better, Live Better, which is an organization where we provide products, education. And we're now also conducting um, world leading research, actually, um, in the areas of sleep and um, adolescence health. So these days, uh, I pretty much work as a one on one coach. I do a lot of research based stuff. Um, and I also work with organizations kind of globally, um, such as yours, to help educate people more on the topics of sleep and holistic health in general. I mean, look, that's absolutely great. And I mean, I've sort of named bits and um, it's interesting that you say that this came from your own experiences as an adolescent. Um, and I suppose one of the things that have come out in these podcasts that I've been doing, which aren't which aren't all about the menopause haste fad, because there will be other people listening to this. Um, <laughs> the fact is, that, you know, we we in Jersey have had quite a few issues with children's mental health. Um, actually having just come back from the Isle of Man I appreciate that actually that that we have this there are the same problems there is it you know is it just island-wide no I don't think it is what one of the things that you know what are the tips and advice that you can give from your a your knowledge from having been there and second you're probably a little younger than me just a bit um, and also about you know trying to get kids or teenagers onto this path that you found yourself on you put yourself on which by default must have been quite a big step for you to take yeah definitely so i mean first thing i'll do is i'll speak to you know what you just said about this um the challenges i suppose that we're facing like uh, societally you know inter-island inter-nation i would pretty much assume globally at this point especially since covid what we know there's been a huge rise in the use of technology there was you know for adults i feel like some of us have peeled away from that a little bit since things have begun to calm down but you know what we've done essentially or what has happened as a result of covid you know working from home studying from home um, and having to connect and socialize through technologies that you know an entire generation of children have now been completely sold into the use of tech um, probably more so than any generation before um, in terms of the you know addiction to the use of technology and uh, the need or the necessity to use it for almost every aspect of life and i've seen that this has coincided really with a massive um you know uh, increase in mental health related problems but also um, a decrease in sleep quality right so these two things are completely correlational now don't get me wrong you know there are many aspects of our well-being that impact our mental health but we know that without you know a decent night's sleep it's very very difficult to prop up um you know the mental health especially of um, youth and, and young people because uh, sleep is so um you know foundational for their growth and their for development really you know it's foundational at all stages of life but if you miss out on a lot of sleep like i did in your youth you can be playing catch up a lot um i think you know for me 
to speak to adults or parents or children who are um, experiencing challenges with health and with sleep and such like that. Um, I've always found that there's kind of two uh, avenues to which people come to want to make change. You know, one of them is through um, almost like desperation. Um, so, you know, much like I did, you know, my, my mental health was in the toilet. I mean, I was anxious, depressed, suicidal, all of these sorts of things as a, as a teenager because of my addictions and my lack of sleep quality and, you know, the other areas of my health. But there's also the, the path through inspiration, right? And what I'd like to be able to do now with uh, the work that I do is really to use my story to be able to inspire children not to end up down the path that I was. I seem to have this strange thing in my life where I have to do things the hard way and I have to, you know, go through the, the darkness to find the light. But I don't think that should be the case, you know, necessarily for everybody. Um, and I think there is a lot that we can do, like as a society, um, to begin to help support, um, you know, not only just parents and adults with, you know, their sleep, um, but also, you know, through schools and such like that to, to provide inspiration and, and education that can help to kind of have um, a two pronged approach, which is, you know, you, you educate the children, you educate the adults. And then all of a sudden you've got a family that's yes. in their entirety. I mean, Dan, Dan, you know, I'm with you the whole way. And I, I didn't realize you. Well, I, I knew you had done the school survey report, your, you know, your sleep survey report. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, as, as a mum of two boys who are 17, who actually can't go anywhere without his phone. I actually think it is stuck to the right hand, but I'm sure that, you know, a lot of mums will be going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, they close the door, that's it, game over, finish. Now, interestingly enough, with the increasing amount of suicides that have been um, brought to the attention of the public in, in Jersey, um, as I say, and unfortunately in the Isle of Man, that there is, uh, apart from th things that we know about, like social media challenges and bullying and, and things that, you know, we're trying to, uh, you know, educate kids on and with. But, you know, we've, we've, we're learning things about the dark web and things which I had never even heard of. And I'm sure many mums in, in the same age group, and I think younger, um, have heard that. And we've been talking to um, experts in with MIND, um, with charities that have specialised in mental health, both both in Jersey and also UK, because I think we look at everything. We when we come to an island situation, we go very we internalise, which you know we tr we try to do our best, you know, and, and the same for me with outgoing menopause. And and I hear all the same thing. Oh, but I can't, I can't. And you know, you know, there's a much bigger picture here. There's a much it's, it's going to be a global thing. It's the same thing with sleep deprivation. Um, I do I do wonder how we can get through to our kids. You are, and I know that our listeners won't be able to see you, but you are like the prime person that could go into schools. And, and I reckon the kids, and I thought that's what you were going to say, actually. The kids will just completely like, you'd be like the Pied Piper, you know, because you're the sort of like guy that would be able to go in and say, right, well, this is where I was. And I know you don't want people to do that, but the thing is there's only one of you, isn't it? So how do we get round? How do we, how can we talk to kids and educate them in a way or manner that they will understand? Yeah, I mean, I think the point that you're making um, really speaks to me in terms of like the next stages of the development of the work that I'm doing, which is that it has to be about impact on a larger scale, right? 
Um, you know, we have been as an organization developing educational platforms, resources, tools, as well as, you know, going into schools and such like that. And uh, we're in the program, uh, in the process, I should say, at the moment of, um, of a big rebrand um, to try and design a website that's fit for purpose for both uh academic and non-academic adults but also younger children so the fact is you know there's all different tones of voice and you know ways to communicate with these people i'm very fortunate in the sense that i have been that child i've also been that adult academic and i also understand those non-academic adults so i'm kind of positioned quite well to be able to have conversations with all of them but like you said it's really um, about scalability right of this message i mean we've been doing some research recently in the channel islands um, around one of the products that we use which is um, the nighttime blue light blocking glasses we just had about 150 pairs distributed to some children in school um, in the the winter of kind of 2021 2022 and we've had phenomenal results back in terms of, you know, these children improving sleep quality, improving sleep satisfaction and stuff like that. And this is just from, you know, one really, really small intervention. And I think um, to speak to your point of, you know, how do we start to make shift and change for, for parents and adults? Um, lecturing, you know, really doesn't do very good. What we need to be no. able to do is we need to um, like provide an example or like a proof of concept for that child that something small can make a big difference to how they feel. Um, and the reason that as an organization, we decided to um, try and make this kind of pilot or proof of concept through the use of our blue light blocking glasses um, is such that um, maybe we'll talk more about, you know, what exactly they do shortly and um, that we, we provide them to these children. Um, I tell my story, you know, they're all kind of half stalled, you know, well, this guy could be chatting rubbish, but he seems to be pretty genuine. Let me try this, you know, pair of glasses, which supposedly helps me to sleep better, you know blocks out the the bad light we could call it at night and then Bob's your uncle two weeks later you know these kids are feeling better mentally physically they're able to concentrate more at school emotionally they're feeling better they have more energy they're you know better in control of their cravings around foods and all these sorts of things so for me it's always been um you know taking a 30,000 foot view what is um you know what's the low hanging fruit uh, how can we suggest something simple, something easy? Because let's be honest, Trudy, no child, I certainly wasn't at the age of 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, or 28, going <laughs> to give up my mobile phone or my laptop or, you know, I don't watch TV, but Love Island or whatever the kids are watching these days. We've got to meet them where we're at, right? Meet them where they're at and where we're at. And as a nation, you know, we're not <laughs> about to throw... Um, the technology out the genie is out of the bottle as as it happens um but you know what can we do to help educate people about some of the contraindications of for example bad light exposure overuse of technology stress these sorts of things to really equip people with tools that um like are experiential that can you know you can actually do this thing not like taking a supplement and waiting a month for your engineer to increase but, you know, you can wear these glasses tonight. You can use these light filters on your phone. Um, you know, you can do some breathing in bed, you know, through this certain pattern. And all of a sudden you're more relaxed. All of a sudden you're sleeping deeper and the effects are like really instantaneous. So for me, it's like the proof is in the pudding. So give them like the juiciest pudding and then they come back being more like, mm, yeah, more pud, please. <laughs> I like that. What a good acronym. I must remember that one. Yeah, more put, please. Um, so let's. So we we talking about children's, and I mean, obviously, we could go we could go left field here. And I, I did say to you, we won't have any script because what what we'll do is we'll just go with this. Because I was thinking, oh, we could do kids. The children's thing is always there because I think so many people are concerned about children's mental and physical health these days. And again, I'm saying that as a mum and it's 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 strange because um my first son uh it was before i was in the fitness industry 
and he always drinks now Lucasade Coke 20, 20, going to be 21. And I'm just like, he knows. I abhor. If there was only one thing I would throw away, would be that. You know, for one thing I could ban. I mean, I've been asked so many times on interviews, what would be the one thing you could ban to try to assist in obesity? It would be like, right, well, we either tax, we get rid of or whatever, but all sugar drinks. Um, and then I have son number two, who was born whilst I was in the middle of all of this. And he was well into it. And he doesn't drink any, well, he doesn't drink anything else but water. So, you know, it's quite interesting how the, where the education and lay in those two things. We always try to help our best, do our best for our kids. But let's move on now, because that's obviously where we were going with adults. So um, you, I know, uh, gosh, I'm going to say this because I think I was in Spain at the time, but it's probably 2019, 2020, when you launched the first sleep study. Is that 2019? Yeah, so I think it's 2020 when I, I first launched the um, the platform with the online sleep program and we did oh yes the channel island sleep challenge yes, yeah we'll, i was in spain just you were, you were in spain channel the channel island plus south of spain sleep challenge <laughs> yeah, exactly let's go let's go global let's do your first sleep challenge let's go global <laughs> yeah i mean the point of that challenge really was to um begin to um, make use of like this uh, very elaborate um, educational platform that I created um, and this kind of process or this program which I developed um, that I'd used all the tools and kind of the practices of to help enhance and improve my own sleep and it's actually just still the same program that we use today um, but I think you know what's really really interesting and you know, it was to me back then and, and is more so now is that I, I began to target you know adults through this education um, it's you know since transpired that adults and children you know, both need the support and um, but what I think is very very interesting is that you know it's the same message but it's just how you say it yes it's you know the the fact is you know as biological beings um you know actually more as I'm studying recently beings of light and sound and physics and electricity all of our bodies they kind of work very similarly now, you know, throughout different stages and areas of life, such as the menopause or such as, you know, um, adolescence for children, there is different things going on in terms of like growth, development, those sorts of things. But the very basic like biochemistry and physics of how sleep and our 24 hour rhythms function it is largely the same. You know, um, the fact is that throughout millions of years of evolution, 99.9% .9 of the time that we existed as a species, we lived in our natural environment. And that meant that it was our environment which controlled our biology. When we woke up was when the sun rose, you know, and when the lights began to come about very strongly, that energized us, hit our skin and our eyes, sent signals to our brain saying, wake up, it's daytime, let's go, let's hunt, let's fish, let's gather. And then every evening we'd get around the campfire, we'd dance, we'd sing, we'd tell stories and the sun would set. And guess what, Trudy, after the sunset, set, because we were there at the whim of our environment, there was no more light until the sun rose again. Um, you know, so this is this was true whether you're a child, it was true whether you're an adult, whether you you know you're a, a caveman OAP, whatever. Um, but it's also true that you know our environment is the largest thing which has changed in the last you know beginning a few thousand years ago. You know, we started to, to develop cities, societies, live together as groups of people, begin to, you know, uh, practice agriculture as a race. And then we moved, you know, further, further, further into, oh, you know, oil lamps, paraffin whale lamps, candlelight, and, um, you know, firelight kind of became unanimous. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the uh, 18th century, we developed electricity. And this, you know, 
not only gives us power and later, you know, 100 years down the line, things like the internet, 3G, 4G, 5G, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, you know, electricity, anywhere we want it, lighting, plumbing, heating, you know, these wonderfully cushy lives that we now live, and which I, by the way, do not want to trade in. I don't know about you. <laughs> no, no. Mind you, the simple life does sound You've made that. You've painted that picture now. And I've got this simple life of, of dancing around the camp. A bit like in home, really, isn't it? A bit like in home. Maybe that's why I've come over to this beautiful island <laughs> to live off grid, away from everything and everyone that, that causes me stress. Yeah. Um, no, but, you know, to, to, to speak to that point, um, yes, you know, there's an increase in, in stress, um, like uh, societal, psychological, social, all of these things as a result of, you know, human evolution development. As part of societies and then social media and hyperconnectivity and all these sorts of things but before that you know there was already a fundamental shift that was occurring for us on a large scale and it was a shift from living outdoors to living inside you know living in nature where you know light environment and connectivity with you know the earth was causing our body to relax at certain times and become awake at certain times into an environment where now we have access to bright light whenever we want it we can keep ourselves awake with technology we sever our connection to the earth's natural frequencies you know the actual surface of the earth itself which is something that we lived upon for the entirety of our evolution so it's this you know um dichotomy between kind of like nature and you know a more modern technocratic society which is you know by far and large had the, the biggest impact on our sleep and um you know whilst it's it's scary and as i said the genie is out of the bottle and technology is not going anywhere it's only getting more expansive more connective um there is you know an appreciation and an awareness um at least in some circles such as those that i've studied um for the the simple things that we can do to help people understand how to offset some of the impacts that this modern world is having on us because ultimately we want to keep the best of you know our modern environment but we also want to be sleeping like a caveman really if we want to you know be, be flourishing you know and and you know just exactly what you, i mean listening to you there is exactly the the concept of what we would all want as a good night's sleep um and from somebody who struggled for years and years and years and in fact when i was in spain i was I was perimenopausal, but I didn't have HRT then. So um, there is another issue whereby uh, I think when we were talking, we, I said, look, you know, I, I just want to sleep. I just want to sleep. Now, OK, I'm saying that as a perimenopausal woman, but on saying that um, I get women of all ages and men as well, of course, who cannot sleep. And, and I've often said to people when, when, you know, one of my pillars is sleep as a fundamental, if you don't get sleep right, you know, we, we talk about those four pillars, don't we? And, you know, my my whole Vitality 40 Plus was, was actually created by nutrition, fitness, sleep and, and mental state. I, I call it sort of mental state rather than my being now. But of course, we know that when one of those is out, then we or, or at least one of those is out. Um, we are chasing our tails. So so, you know, looking at sleep um and how to get a good night's sleep, for want of a better word. So tell me about these glasses. We mentioned them for children. So just tell us a bit more about, about why and how. Yeah, sure. So um, fundamentally, like the number one thing that's controlling and driving, like um, how the biology of every single one of your cells operates 
on a day-to-day -day basis is something called um, your circadian rhythm. So this is a, a 24 hour biological timing mechanism that exists within every cell, every organ of your body. We most know it, uh, we know it's most applicable to this idea of like sleep because, you know, ideally every 24 hours we should be awake for a period and every 24 hours we should be asleep for a period. Um, but that's not the only thing that, you know, these processes drive, you know, how all of the, the organs and the systems of our body um, function, grow, develop, repair, restore is governed by this 24 hour mechanism. And really it makes a lot of sense um, that, you know, your cells, they can't be on work mode all day. They have to rest and recover. And so our 24 hour rhythm, our, you know, um, time to recover and rejuvenate and replenish versus time to be out there hunting, fishing and gathering was controlled by light and by sunlight. Um, so essentially, you know, the way it works for pretty much 3.7 billion years, if you're into the Big Bang, is that the Earth has been rotating on its axis about 24 hours and one minute every single day. The sun rises, the sun moves throughout the sky, the sun sets, right? And different um, types of light are given off by the sun at different times of the day. So when we expose ourselves to the morning sunlight, this sets a clock in our brain that tells us to wake up. It tells us to become energized, produce really important hormones and brain chemicals, things like cortisol and endorphins, dopamine, serotonin. So this gets us going, right? Now, as I said to you, for, you know, 99.9% .9 or more of the time that we've existed as a species, when the sun set, there was no more bright light. The only type of light we'd have had access to was moonlight or firelight. Now, don't get me wrong, a full moon can be pretty bright, but it's nothing like, you know, the LED lights or the laptops, yeah. mobile phones, televisions and stuff that we have now. Now, one of the key features of sunlight during the daytime is that it gives off um, a lot of what we call blue light. So when we actually look at the, up at the sun, we see it as this, you know, just bright mass, this ball but within that light is seven different uh, wavelengths or visible colors that we can see with the eye so we go from the purples the blues the greens the ambers yellows and the reds it also contains uv light and infrared light as well now the blue light as part of the sun spectrum is what is very energizing so this really wakes us up as i said it stimulates cortisol which is a, a stress hormone that isn't all bad unfortunately there's a lot of misunderstanding about cortisol but it's more of like an energy it's liberating it's bad, bad if we have too much of it angry. at the wrong times of the day <laughs> well i'll link that back in so you know um, the production of like uh, cortisol and stress hormones designed during the daytime to get us out there hunting oh, and fishing really? and gathering yeah yeah <laughs> but the problem now is that you know since the invention of electricity and especially since you know the, well, maybe the last 20 years but even more so since covid is that we're exposed to a lot of artificial light at night now the main source of artificial light to which we're exposed because of its touted energy efficiency is led light emitting diode cool white lights this comes from your mobile phone your laptop your television your street lights the little light in your fridge you know all the lighting around your house because we're all about energy efficiency and saving the planet and saving energy but the problem is this contains more blue light or blue, that blue wavelength than any other light that's ever been generated in history so now what we're doing uniquely as a species for the first time it's literally like a giant experiment that we're playing on ourselves is we are bombarding ourselves with the type of light that our body only wants to see during the daytime at night time and how this links back to the glasses use is that, you know, whilst I would prefer that people um, use 
devices or programs that can take the blue light out of their screens and their mobile phones and such like that. We have to, you know, be cognizant of the fact that our homes are lit with all this, you know, LED lighting, that, you know, the televisions, the laptops, the computer games that the kids are going to use, they're all going to give off this LED lighting. So what is the best thing that we can do to protect ourselves? Well, um, the way that your body senses light as invisible light from the sun, um, it's really from the skin and the eyes. Now the eyes are about 10,000 times more effective than any other organ in your body at setting your circadian rhythm. So it's your eyes which need to be protected from these types of light, which is where the blue light blocking glasses come in. So the idea of those, um, at least the, the ones that we use in the nighttime, is that you would put them on for about two, maybe three, sometimes in the winter, four hours before bed. And they've got an amber or a red lens. So everything starts to look very Hollywood, you know, David Bowie, your heart out. Um, but the effect of it is that none of that blue light hits your eye anymore. So what happens is your body actually thinks it's receiving the right signal from the environment. It's dark outside. This means, you know, less cortisol, less stress hormone being produced, more melatonin, more of our sleep hormone being produced. And the net impact is that the first night you put these glasses on your face and keep them on your face, for three hours before bed, you will fall asleep faster, you will sleep deeper, and you will wake up feeling better about life. Right? It's a big, well, you know, it's a big statement, it? yeah. but it's a true one. I know. Well, so, I mean, you've got A, trying to just get the kids to do this, but I'm assuming that the kids seem to be particularly enthused by this. I mean, I presume it's a sort of straight lens. I mean, it's, are they just normal glasses? So really interesting that the feedback we've been getting from the, to the children. So we have two, uh, well, we have two different frame styles, one that's a little bit more, you know, bougie um, and one that's more of like a classic unisex frame. But really interesting to me is we've also got clip-ons. And what I find with the kids is that, you know, I was, I was selling these as an idea to adults and, you know, we, number one, I, I would say we've never had a negative review of these because they just do what they say on the tin, right? It's like this supplement that everyone's looking for that's going to change their life instantaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, your relationship with light is that thing that will impact you straight away. So to be able to block out the bad light is, you know, is it's immediate in its impact. But when I was working with children in schools, you know, some some feedback would be like, oh, you know, my game doesn't look the same now. It's, you know, it looks amber, it looks orange. And it's like, yeah, you're always going to have those sorts of responses. But there were so many kids who were saying it just makes sense. Right. And the thing is, you know, as we become adults, we tend to develop like these very strong belief systems and narratives about like what we're capable of, who we are. You know, there's this whole conversation really opening up now around, you know, trauma and conditioning and, you know, why we get stuck in these loops of patterns of behavior children don't have that so much if you give a child something and they feel better they look at their yeah, mum and their dad and they go they go i'm wearing these every night and yeah. why aren't you wearing them because i yeah, feel better yeah. they're yeah. not stuck in this story of oh you know i've been sleeping this way for three decades oh you know i'm trapped in the menopause it's just the way it's going to be you know yes, we hear all these narratives yeah. from ourselves and um, but kids don't have that kids are they're like i put these things on i felt happier i'm going to do it every day mum and dad what are you playing at when yeah, you get involved? Yeah, that's a great. Do you know, honestly, that, that that's really turning it right round, isn't it? Forget about education as being the parents. Actually, let's give the kids <laughs> the the power of education for the parents. I I like that very much, and it's true. And you know, I often talk about um. Well, we we I know you've coached on on my course, but when we've talked about women and um losing weight, for example, and the self beliefs, and you know, I it still amazes me that people will come out and and um, one of my ladies said, oh, I, you know, I can't eat a carrot. And I looked and I said, you can't eat a carrot. 
I said, what, you can't eat carrots? And she went, no, no, I can eat carrots, cooked. Couldn't, I couldn't eat a raw carrot. And I said to her, I have no idea why you're saying to me you can't eat a raw carrot. She said, no, because I just, um, oh, no, no. And the more that she said this, and the more I said, so if you think about crunching a carrot, do you think that tells your brain that actually one crunch carrot, have you ever known a woman, or a man for that matter, have any more than one carrot? And what it is, it, raw carrot, that is not real carrot, a uh, raw carrot, because the brain says... It's too much. It's too much. I must be full. I must be full. And therefore, you don't need to snack anymore. You ate, Dan. You're going to try that. I want you to try it. <laughs> I eat raw food. carrots every single day. Me and this lady probably wouldn't see eye to eye. I raw carrots are very good for estrogen detoxification. I am yeah. literally scoffing raw carrots. Like there's if if I'm hungry, it's I know it's a strange thing to do, but I am straight in the in the fridge, you know, bite, bite the top and the bottom off, scrape the sides, and the raw carrots gone. God, don't even need to don't even need to scrape the sides. Just go for it, go for it. How how right field did we just go there? Um, <laughs> well, look, Dan, I appreciate your time and thank you so much. But um, I haven't warned you this, by the way. But can you give this is going to be an easy one for you? Three tips to oh, yes. our listeners on how to get a good night's sleep. Cool. So um, first one is get plenty of natural light. And I don't just mean at any time of the day. I mean, you need to be outside close to sunrise. This sets your internal biology, makes you feel really good. You need to step out of the office, out of the house, regularly throughout the daytime to get outdoors into nature so your body receives all of the energizing and the sleep-enhancing benefits of natural daytime light. Then in the evening, obviously, I'm a little bit biased towards the blue light blocking glasses, yeah. but you can also use... Um, different types of applications maybe we can put some some information in the show notes um, about devices um, you know ipads iphones uh, laptops computers you can now enable these um, light filters that will take I've the blue light that. out of I've those devices on my phone, so as soon as the Amazing. evening goes i'm now down to dark screen yeah that's wicked so you need to to harness this light environment right plenty of natural light block you know whether it's glasses technology whatever the light in the evening um, and then the, the final one I would be really considering, um, and it's such a simple thing, is, you know, in the evening when you go to sleep, um, turn your Wi-Fi router off, unless, of course, you've got boys that are gaming until 3 o'clock in the morning, in which case you need to be able to converse about that first, and put your mobile phone into Bluetooth mode. Now, we didn't speak a lot today about um, electronics and electromagnetic frequencies, but essentially what light is, light is just a frequency, and it's uh, artificial light is the type of frequency that our body doesn't like right it disrupts our biology mobile phones 4g 5g wi-fi bluetooth are also the types of frequencies that if we get too much exposure to them they will decrease our sleep quality they will basically damage how our biology works so the best thing we can do is get out into nature lots of natural light lots of feet on the earth at nighttime block out all those nasty frequencies in terms of the light turn the wi-fi router off put your phone into airplane mode and you should be sleeping better like that I didn't know about airplane mode. Oh, yes. No, I, haven't I, haven't, I don't think I've made any notes on that one before. That's it no. now. Airplane mode it is. Bad luck of anybody who's trying to message me late at night. That's all I'm saying. Well, my, um, my friends have had to had become accustomed to the fact that they just generally, my, my, uh, my mobile phone lives in airplane mode the majority of the time. So they just know that, you know, it's it's probably not probable that you're going to get a hold of me. Just email <laughs> text. Great way to run a business, isn't it? Oh, sorry, I forgot to turn forgot to turn that off. I often say that was silent mode because I keep most of my time on silent mode. So I go, oh, sorry, I didn't hear any of these calls because... Um, might, might as well be in airplane mode if it's on silent mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> oh, look, thank you so much, Dan, for your time. Really appreciate it. As entertaining as ever. Um, and thanks. Uh, and enjoy the rest of the holiday. <laughs> no worries. Thank you. And, and maybe I'll speak to you just if people want to come and find out a little bit more about, um, you know, my work and stuff like that. Um, you can find me on Daniel White Health on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and also you'll find me on LinkedIn. So always sharing lots of education content there. And no doubt you and I will be uh, collaborating on more stuff for the Vitality. Oh, there's more Plus. to come. There's more really to come. Soon. We've got to talk Mexico as well. Oh, oh, we do. Oh, we didn't even talk health retreats. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. But we will be. Okay. Cheers, Dan. Thank you very much. For more information on the topic that you've just listened to, please visit my website, www.vitality40plus.com. Thanks for listening.